Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, aka Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. I hope that you're well. I'm still hanging in there, obviously. Today we have book 22 of the Odyssey. As you may recall, when we last left our hero, he had nailed the archery test and given Telemachus the nod quite the cliffhanger. So if your guess is that book 22 picks up right where book 21 leaves off, you would be right. Odysseus throws off his rags, stands on the door sill, a liminal space, we'll remember, and rains arrows into the hall. He shoots Antinous through the throat just as that suitor is lifting his wine glass. But the suitors presume that this is just a wild shot, an accident. They berate Odysseus for killing the best of them. But Odysseus responds that he's the master of this house. And then the suitors realize that they are (laughs) screwed. Eurymachus tries to rally them to fight, but Odysseus shoots him too. Amphinomus is next to try to attack Odysseus, but Telemachus kills him. Spear this time. Odysseus is wielding the only bow. Odysseus directs Telemachus to go fetch more weapons and armor while Odysseus holds the suitors off with his arrows. Now, there's a side entrance to the hall, and that is where Eumaeus stands guard. One of the suitors suggests they climb out the window. Melanthius, the goatherd, says that's a bad idea. Instead, he'll climb into the storage room and transfer the weapons therein to the suitors, which he does. Telemachus apologizes for failing to lock the storeroom door. Eumaeus goes to take care of the task and shouts that the culprit is Melanthius. Odysseus tells his faithful servants to go and tie Melanthius to the rafters of the storeroom, which they do, and oh man, this is brutal. (laughs) Um, I definitely cringed um, on the reread as I was visualizing what what happens. Um, Be warned if you haven't read it yet. At this point, Athena decides to join the fray. She puts on her mentor disguise and walks into the hall. Odysseus is not fooled and is thrilled to see his patron goddess. The suitors, however, beg mentor to take their side, which infuriates Athena. But she can't help Odysseus and Telemachus outright, because how would they prove that they're really heroes if she does that? So instead, she turns into a swallow and flies up to the rafters to just watch. Um... I suppose she just wants to be closer to the action than a, than a seat on Mount Olympus. <clears throat> anyway, the fighting has reached six suitors against four on Odysseus' side. And while Athena won't help Odysseus, she doesn't have a problem with sending the suitors' shots off course so that their arrows get stuck in the doorpost or hit the stone walls. Each of the four on Odysseus' side kill one of the six suitors, so now there are only two suitors remaining, and it doesn't take long for Odysseus and his men to take care of them. But there are two people, not suitors, but two people who are spared. Phemios, the minstrel who was forced to entertain the suitors but would have chosen not to if he'd had a choice, and Medon, the herald who helped raise Telemachus in his father's absence. Odysseus sends Telemachus to fetch Eurycleia. Odysseus tells his old nursemaid not to crow over the dead suitors. They must be noble in their victory. He then asks which of the the 50 female slaves have flouted him and Penelope by taking up with the suitors. Eurycleia says there are a dozen. Odysseus says not to wake Penelope just yet. He tells her to direct the faithful maids to clean up, which 
they do. Um, and then the faithless maids, the, this 12, are brought into the courtyard where a gallows is created and one by one they are hanged. And finally, Melanthius is brought outside where he has his nose, ears, genitals, hands, and feet cut off and fed to the dogs. Odysseus calls for Eurycleia to bring the necessary components to perform a cleansing ceremony. And once that is done, then it will be time to wake Penelope. So they perform the ceremony. Eurycleia goes off to the women's quarters with the news that Odysseus is home and the suitors are gone. All of the faithful servants swarm Odysseus and everyone, Odysseus included, cry over the fact that he is finally home. And that is the end of book 22. This book is reminiscent of vast swaths of the Iliad, isn't it? Um, we really don't know whether or not the Iliad and the Odyssey were written by the same person or group of people, but the descriptions of death in battle are <laughs> unified between the two epics. Um, and an interesting thing stood out to me as I thought about how much this book reminds me of the Iliad, the number of names. Um, up until this point, there were three, four suitors whose names we knew. Um, I mean, we regularly saw the name of Antinous, right? Um, Eurymachus. But for the most part, we they, they were just a group of guys, right? Um, but as these men die, suddenly they are immortalized in verse, which means that these men who have spent however many years behaving most dishonorably get to die in glory. Um, their names are recorded, and so they are remembered, and that is what glory means in ancient Greece. Um, so it's an interesting, interesting thing. They don't, they don't die nameless. Um, some of them do, but because we know there are more than are listed um, in in this whole battle, but um, but the the specific killings that are described the suitors who die are named um and this is oh this is a particularly disturbing book because it is so bloody the suitors are feasting when odysseus lets loose the arrow that kills antinous i spared you the descriptions but it is brutal i mean it they these deaths are described the same way all of those battlefield deaths are described in the Iliad. Um, and so what we see is is the banquet being defiled with death. Um, but there's more than that. We see some of the suitors pleading for mercy. Um, one, uh, Laodes, is a suppliant when he is killed. Literally, he is on his knees, grasping Odysseus's feet and reaching up for his beard when Odysseus kills him. Now, suppliants are supposed to be protected by Zeus. So shouldn't Zeus be mad about this act? But at the same time, Zeus protects the guest-host relationship, and we have seen how the suitors are repeat offenders on that count, that they violate that relationship all the time. So who is worse in this situation, the one killing a suppliant, or the fact that the suppliant had already violated the guest-host relationship? I. Zeus is probably just throwing his hands up going, I don't even know who to smite um, because everybody is, is screwing up. Um, but honestly, 
The most disturbing part is the end, when the faithless servants are punished. The suitors' deaths feel fitting somehow. Um, These are young men who should be trained as warriors. They fight back for the most part, Um, you know, once they know, once they know they're under attack, they fight back. And so they're killed, they're killed in action. But the execution of the maids and the dismemberment of Melanthius, um, those, those two things feel excessive. Homer describes the feet of the maids dancing in the air. And dancing is a symbol of maidenhood. Um, so is this because Homer wants us to believe that the execution of the maids is unnecessary? Um, that despite outward appearances, they were no less unfaithful than Phineos the minstrel? Um, he entertained the suitors to save his own neck, right? Is it possible that the 12 faithless maids did the same? They entertained the suitors because it was, it was do that or die? Um, or... Is this description meant as a foil to their behavior? So instead of being a mirror to it, is it, is it a foil um, that despite their behavior, um, they died like, like maidens? Um, either way, we do see the difference in how free persons and enslaved persons are treated. Um, the suitors are given the chance to fight back, and the maids and the goat herd are executed ruthlessly. Um, And yet, despite all of that, the final moment in book 22 is beautiful. Um, There may still be a lot of blood and gore to clean up, but Odysseus and his household hold each other and cry with the joy that he is finally home. So, what are your thoughts on our hero now? I'd love to hear what you think of the Odyssey now that the palace has been secured. The blog is at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. You can also find the link to my Patreon there, or you can look me up as triumvirclio on Patreon. On Monday, we will cover Plautus's Cop TV. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.